Hello, welcome to part two of this episode on grief and loss and relationships that can come from sorrow and losing someone. So many things that I talked about in part one. So please, if you haven't already listened to it, have a listen to part one because this definitely ties into a lot of what I was talking about and sharing in part one. So on today's episode, I welcome a very special guest, my mum, Jane. I asked her to come over and sit down with me over a cup of tea and just really share her own experience about what it was like to lose my dad to motor neurone disease. So without further ado, I welcome my mum, Jane, to this episode of The Uncovery. Welcome to the Uncovery Podcast. I'm your host, Mahalia Jane. Every episode, I take you on a journey talking about life, well being, and mental healing. The Uncovery connects with different people from different places who share stories of growth and enlightenment. It's my passion and privilege to be here guiding you with my own truth and experiences because it is possible to live in a beautiful state. Thank you for coming in, for being here and having this discussion. My pleasure. So we've spoken very briefly about this episode that I was exploring today on grief and the stages of grief and how there's a lot of meaning in death and a lot of, I think, my personal experience of grief has been that there is always light that can be found in the darkness of grief. And I think that the grief that I've experienced personally has actually opened my eyes to the fact that death isn't final. There's that spiritual side and then also the emotional side that we all have to look at. And when I thought about people that I knew personally or firsthand that had gone through grief in their own way, I did think of you because you were quite young when you were faced with death and we also went through the loss of my dad who was your ex-husband and how he was terminally ill with motor neurone disease and I guess we went through that process together of watching him die and again there's a there's a missed part of grief that also comes with dying so dying is a whole another realm of grief and how someone experiences grief as opposed to death or along with death so there's dying there's death and then there's the acceptance and the meaning that comes after death Mm. it's quite a big topic it is (laughs) Not something that you can talk about in one sitting. A lot of layers. There's a lot of layers. There is. The main thing that I really want to explore here today is the relationships that can continue to evolve after death. Mm. My journey hasn't been that the the relationship that we have with someone is finished when that person passes away. And that's not because I'm into the spiritual realm and have had my own experiences of having relationships past death. It's because the relationships in my own experiences have evolved. Mm. After the 
person's body has died. The main reason that I wanted to talk to you about this is because we could sit here and have a discussion about grief and your experience, my experience, the world's experience, how everyone has a different relationship to their own grief and their own pain that comes with grief. But I want to ask you the question of how your experience of losing my dad, how the relationship following his death continued to evolve because we've never actually discussed that. I know that it has evolved because you've been able to support your children through the loss of really your ex-husband. So talk to me a little bit about that. It's impossible to separate the relationship I had with this man who I was married to for 12 years and who um, we shared the birth of three beautiful children. It was hard to... I can't separate that journey I had with him before he became unwell to the whole process of him becoming unwell, his actual death and then what happened afterward. So it's a whole progression and instead of death being the end, death was a place on that journey. Um, So... I, to be available, I realised in hindsight, to be available at the time when your dad actually died, I had done a lot of work, when I say available, to be present without agenda, without laying trips or wanting to say something, to just be there and be present. I had done all this work beforehand, you know, this personal development. And I'd been angry with him in the past and I'd laid that to rest and we were able to enjoy uh, each other's company at uh, the kids' birthdays and at Christmas and the family had this affection for him. Um, so when, when he was diagnosed with motor neurone disease, he came to see us and he arranged for us all to sit round together and to tell us. I remember that. Yeah. Which was pretty remarkable when you think about it mm. because we'd been divorced for quite a long time. Yeah. And... He, you know, that we were, had that kind of relationship where we were able to speak honestly. And he'd also been there many years earlier when my dad had died, when he'd been diagnosed with a terminal illness and then he died. And shall I use his name? Or just say your dad, oh, Tolly. Tolly. Yeah. So Tolly had been there but in a completely different way because he was a completely different person all those years before as was I. So I found that a really interesting thing on reflection when I looked back and saw all of those steps on the way that took us to this time when we were called and said... This is Tolly's last time 
this is his final time. And now thinking about the experience that I've gained and the insight I gained from having divorced parents who had been through a lot, be able to sit at that table and it was a round table, so it was a round table discussion. <laughs> it was. And have, um, I guess, almost the emotional intelligence not to turn it into anything other than what it was. Mm. That he was dying and that he in some way wanted to create a plan but then also give us the understanding of what motor neurone disease was. And in 2007, there still wasn't as much awareness about motor neurone disease as there is today. Mm. And he had really had his eyes opened to that disease. He had never heard about it. Well, we hadn't either. We hadn't either. So I could see what he was doing in that process. So I was just in it. That, that's what was going on for me. But now, like I said, having insight into the situation of your divorce and your separation and years had passed and all your stuff, at that moment in time, none of that mattered, for one. But also, people in my life thought that you were losing a husband. It was turning into my dad's terminal. He's only got six to nine months to live. And then it started to be like, how's your mum coping? And I remember at the time thinking, what? But I think that's because you showed up mm. for his... For, for him, that process. For that yes. process. Mm. His dying process. Mm. And for his death. Mm. Absolutely. I was there, yes. And so I was at work when I got a call from you saying, Mum, we've got to go. Dad's... This is, this is it. So... I dropped everything and went there to um, his partner's place um, at home and he was unable to communicate with us. His eyes were open and um, you were there and your sisters were there and, and his partner was there and his dear friend Heather was there and... I didn't know where it came from but something in me knew that he could hear us but um, he couldn't respond. So I said to him and I, I remember when I was speaking to him, I was speaking to him as though I was speaking above his head. I must have learnt that somewhere along the line but anyway it kicked in when I needed it. And I said to him, Tolly, I'm going to go and get your mum. And I said, if you need to slip away, uh, just do it. I remember that. Mm. I remember you saying that. That made me feel safe. Mm. And I felt completely at ease with the situation. And I think it's all that preparation that I'd done, the experience I'd had with my father dying, with, with other situations, with understanding the significance of facing death, and accepting death as a reality, as sure as being born is. And I knew what a special time this really was for everyone and how, how blessed we all were to be there and to share this significant moment in a human's life is, is their death, their physical death. So I did. I went and found his mum and told his 
brother and nep- and his nephews and let them all know. And his sister said, oh, mum's not going to be able to face it. She's, not, it's, she's too weak to see, to see him. And I said quite bluntly, I said, well, you either see him now or you see him in a coffin. And that brought her to the, the house and to see it him. It did. Yeah. It did. And by the time they got there, he had passed away, but he was still there in bed in a natural setting with a home and that warmth of a home around him. I mean, that sounds like the wife, the, wi- the, wife's, <laughs> the wife's job. That it, it does sound very wife duty spouse duty you know you showed up for your husband and you came into the room and you held his hand and said that it was okay for him to let go if he needed to and you went and found your mother-in-law I was as amazed as you are expressing now I was really in awe of the process it was almost like I was watching it and thinking this is what a wife does and then that made me reflect on on that that I had married this person, hmm, maybe there is a spiritual significance to being married to someone even if you're divorced. I mean, I can't make a, you know, there's not a sweeping statement and it's not one size fits all, but in this situation, that's how it felt. And I remember speaking with a friend later on and she said, yeah, there really is something spiritual about marrying someone, isn't there? (laughs) And, and we had a bit of a chuckle. <laughs> had a laugh that marrying someone has meaning beyond <laughs> the the divorce or the children. Yes. Well, that's all part of it. It's more about the relationship, isn't it? Mm. And the connections and the network of connections. So you showed up for his death... He's dying and I do recall several conversations you had with him on the phone prior to him passing away about what he was going through. (laughs) You actually, um, I don't know if you remember this, but you actually gave him a counselling session one night. I don't remember that. (laughs) (laughs) A really long one. Really? Yeah, you gave him a counselling session about obviously what he was going through and what he was facing and his acceptance in it all. Yeah, so you had that big session with him, but also we had a working bee at his house. Mm. We organised a working bee to do his gardening and just get his house nice and tidy. Just, just that was lovely. And we had a barbecue and... Reflecting on that, what I noticed is I was completely oblivious to the fact that my actions were coming across quite insensitive towards someone who was dying because my way of processing the grief of it all was acting like it had already happened. And later I remember thinking that was possibly the most selfish thing I could have done. Um, And I have a very strong memory of him sitting on the couch just... He seemed pissed off at me because of the attitude I had towards the situation... I picked up a box of things that I wanted and I said, hey, Dad, can I take this? 
How does that make you feel now? <laughs> oh, I'm laughing because what a little shit. Like, what a little brat. <laughs> hey, can I take this? You know, when, when you're gone. You won't need it. Yeah, you won't need it. <laughs> but I was, like I said, it was a very new experience for me and there's no book on how to do it correctly. No. And what I got from all that was larger than anything I could have imagined from mm. those small moments of my own process. But what... Um, what amazes me is we had the working bee, we had the funeral, your daughters were grieving, they had lost their father Mm. and then we were dealing with the will and what follows when someone passes away and then everyone goes, okay, and then you come to the acceptance of grief and life goes on. But... The reason why I wanted to talk to you is for you, that relationship didn't stop there. And it's difficult to speak about that, not because I don't want to, but it's hard to articulate the the experience. So, yes, I was very involved in all of the, the settling of the, you know, the house and arranging the funeral. So I was very involved. And... Along the way, of course, that brings up things and it was sad. And, you know, I was really sad and cried a lot. And what I could see, because our relationship when we were married, when we were younger, was troubled because his history meant that he was quite a wounded person and he tried really hard to heal that wounding, but he really couldn't couldn't get through it enough. And that sabotaged our relationship. So um, to have an experience of a relationship with him without his body and without his physical pain or his emotional pain to contend with... I could just experience the essence of him and why I was most probably drawn to him or his spirit in the first place because he had a lot of really fine qualities and because of his experiences he opened my eyes to a lot of things like alternative healing and just different ways of thinking So it was a pity that all that stuff got in the way and made it so hard to continue on. So it was a relief to have this relationship with him, just a sense of him being free of all that worldly pain. Um, And I really had this sense of our relationship and our connection rippling out um, into where, I don't know, but it was like beyond the physical, beyond the physical world. Not in an attached way, not not in a possessive way, but in a just a presence, a beingness, um, complete, I suppose, love, openness, forgiveness and all of those good things. Did that give you a deeper sense of the meaning of his life? And rather than... Mm. 
That's a good question because, yes, of course it did because uh, it gave me another dimension of appreciation of his life and that included his afterlife. So sitting here today and actually tuning into my parents' relationship and their divorce and what their process was, it feels like you had these years where you went to counselling past your divorce and you worked out all these issues that you had because you wanted to make it work for the children and he wanted to continue to show up for us. But looking at it in a worldly sense, you used that word before, the reality of how he was when he was alive and we were young was nothing like Mm. that. And I questioned whether that was a little fantasy that I had created in my own mind to accept that my parents divorced and it was very hard for you and him, I know that, in different ways of course, yet I had this idea in my head that you were really good friends and had worked it out and then that's when I started to realise I was tuning into the relationship that you and him had had after he had died. Mm. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? I, I mean... I don't think every relationship is is like this, but it's just that this is how this has turned out. And it's fascinating. It does speak a lot, and I need to just say this, that um, Tolly did have an ability to accept and surrender. So when he was diagnosed, for example, with mm. motor neurone disease, it was painful. Yeah. Um, but he he surrendered. There was nothing he could do. He understood that, and he surrendered. And right right to the end, he surrendered. He didn't fight it. He didn't resist it. There was no resentment. There was no anger. Not that we could see. No, I don't think there was anger. Yeah, so I think that needs to be acknowledged. That's what made things work so well. Yeah. And, and enabled, I guess, spirit. Mm. Uh, that's the only way I can explain, explain it. It enables spirit to be able to do its work. The life energy wasn't being sabotaged by anybody's agenda. Yeah, well said. (laughs) Very well said. Now, I have absolutely no idea if anyone is going through the experience of losing or has lost or they're in the process of of going through an ex who they have children with who might be terminal or sick and there is all that anger there still from their relationship. Or even a current partner. Yeah, or a current partner. And I think you've made it very clear that his acceptance and surrendering to his pain and his loss because he was losing life, physical life, and he, my goodness, I, he made it so much easier for me mm. uh, because he told me that he was given a second chance. And that second chance was well lived and he had no regrets and he was ready and he wasn't afraid. Um, He took the fear of it all out for me and I think the only thing that I would ever 
the gift that I think I could give someone is taking the fear out of it for the person who's going to continue, for the person who's going to continue to live. Mm. Like as, as the person who is going through that, what's something that you would say to them? Well, death, somebody dying, somebody you're close to or somebody you've had a lot to do with and you're really connected to, it is very painful because you miss that person when they're gone. And if you allow it, if you open yourself up to the experience, there's a lot of gifts in that whole experience. If you allow it, doesn't mean it's not going to hurt, doesn't mean the grief won't be there, but it won't be a pointless pain. There'll be, there'll be a lot in it if you're able to have it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for chatting with me. And um, I mean, <laughs> we could keep going. We could. We always could. Um, so thank you for having this quick little chat. It's not really quick and little. It's a very big conversation. A and big conversation. It is. And it's, and one, it's good to have it. It is. At part past the acceptance, past the realisation that there's meaning that comes with grief because people don't talk about it enough. Death isn't final. Acceptance isn't the fifth stage of grief where we all should stop. Mm. The experience continues. The relationships continue because I think that's what a lot of people struggle with, the missing. But, yes, thank you... Mum, (laughs) for chatting with me. Pleasure, daughter. Well, that concludes part two of this episode. And what an interesting episode, having my mum on the Uncovery. It was really nice chatting to her and I appreciated how open and willing she was to just be really real and open in that experience. So thank you, mum. If you know anyone who could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. And don't forget to subscribe and review the Uncovery podcast. I am excited to bring another episode to you next week. So until then, be well and take care.